0: You are currently listening to Opening Up with Rachel Smith, an encouraging, light-hearted and uplifting podcast to inspire you on this journey called life. Hi Tom, how are you?
1: I'm very well, thank you. How are you?
0: I'm doing good, thank you. Thank you for coming on the podcast today.
1: No problem at all. It's a pleasure.
0: So um, just quickly for those people listening, Tom actually has Tourette's. <laughs> And today we're just going to talk about Tourette's. <laughs> I didn't really know how, um, <laughs> yeah. how to introduce it, really. Um, just, just for those people um, listening, can you just quickly um, kind of give them a bit of a rundown of who you are and also just kind of how you suffer with Tourette's? I didn't really know the correct terminology, so please ignore me if I'm being really ignorant when I'm asking this. Yeah,
1: yeah of course. So uh, my name's Todd, I'm 33 years old. Um, I'm a tree surgeon based in Gloucestershire. And I've had Tourette's for twenty-eight years, so I was. It started around when I was five, um, and yeah. So yeah, it's been a long time. But um, yeah, yeah.
0: So with your Tourette's, um, kind of w- how does that look for you day to day? Obviously, you said you yeah. wasn't born with the Tourette's. How did it kind of develop? And um, you know, what what are your tics? You know, how do you struggle with it day to day?
1: So. It's, as I said, it started when I was five years old,
0: mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Um, and I started with motor tics, which are movement tics. And generally, um, from what I gather, people who develop Tourette's, it starts in the upper body, and sort of works its way down if it wants to. And I started rolling my eyes back, and I started um, grinding my teeth, teeth, and um, it slowly worked its way down my body. I started. I used to. I remember walking with my parents as a child around the estate and I used to kick my leg out and people sort of, my family were like, why are you doing that? What's going on? And I suppose back then people didn't really know what Tourette's was. So, mm-hmm. um, And then it developed on from there. Uh, I, I sort of developed a few verbal tics. I used to make pigeon noises. That was a good one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then at fifteen, fifteen, 15, I went away for a week uh, camping. Got no sleep, no rest, and I came back and I was an absolute mess. I couldn't, I couldn't um I couldn't sit still, I couldn't stay quiet. I, I literally I was a complete mess. I was ticking all over the shop. And that's when my parents realised something was wrong, something was up, you know, it wasn't just me going through a phase or a habit or whatever you want to call it. And uh, I was taken to, uh, I was actually, I actually went privately, the NHS waiting list was two years for a diagnosis and my parents were sort of thinking. Oh,
0: wow. Yeah. yes."
1: Yeah. So they, were, they were saying, you know, he can't wait that long. It's just, it's too severe at the time. So I ended up going private to get diagnosed. And I was diagnosed within six weeks at 15 years old. So quite a tough time to be, to be, to be diagnosed with Tourette's, you know, being in the middle of GCSEs and in the middle of school
0: yeah absolutely and um, um, you know that age is tough for anyone but imagine well I can only imagine just kind of how it would be if having Tourette's and you know the ticks that you've just described you know yeah people yeah. are quite brutal really at that age aren't yeah. they? Fishing couple,
1: yeah I mean it was weird because because up until that point even though I was ticking and I kind of subconsciously maybe thought that something was wrong and some, you know but because I'd been like that for so long since I was sort of five years old for 10 years, i kind of already accepted that something was happening, even though I didn't mm. know what it was. Um, and my friends didn't know what it was, and they thought it was a, uh, a good sort of way in to take the mick a bit. Um, but because no one knew what was going on, it kind of weirdly didn't get noticed that much. It was more after I was diagnosed that, I, um, that the sort of tough times came
0: Mm hmm that's quite interesting actually because you would have thought that people in before and after because it's not like it really changed dramatically did it it's just now you knew what it was
1: yeah i mean that was the thing it it was no the day i was diagnosed my tics were no different to the day previously it's just now i had a diagnosis now i knew what was going on and and i think that for me at first I really didn't want to know about the diagnosis hmm.
0: um,
1: about before I just before I was diagnosed my parents sort of worked out that something was wrong my mum came to me with some information saying look I think this may be what's going on and I think you may have this thing called Tourette's syndrome um, and I went into denial for about three or four days I didn't want to know anything about it I don't know why because as I said I'd been ticking up until then for 10 years and I'd never really yeah. had me too much and um and I just went into this sort of like not interested, don't want to know, don't want a diagnosis, don't want to say I've got a mental health problem sort of thing. And then I realised quite early on that I needed to needed to go and see someone. Something something wasn't right. As I said, I couldn't sit still, I couldn't keep quiet, and it was getting worse and worse and worse. Especially in teenage years when you're going through puberty and whatever, and your body, your hormones, and everything's going all over the shop. It just yeah, it was it was a very tough time.
0: And how did you find? I um, know you mentioned that you were going through your GCSEs. Um, how did you find kind of exams? If you were ticking a lot, you know, obviously you're not supposed to make noise, and it's just something no. that you can't help. <laughs> yeah, that was a tough one for me.
1: I ended up actually sitting most of my exams from, from GCSEs onwards on my own in a separate room.
0: Oh, really? Yeah,
1: yeah. And they gave, and I had things like extra time and you know benefits during my exams, but. It was weird. The extra time and sort of things didn't really bother me. I didn't need the extra time. They just gave it to me because it was there. Mm -hmm. uh, It was weird. Everyone else would go into the main main school hall or the school gym hall or whatever. And then I would go into a little room at the side and just sit there on my own and do my exam. And the teacher sat out the side making sure I wasn't cheating
0: to be totally honest I think I would have preferred that and I know obviously the circumstances are very different but the thought, like me being in a big hall with other people it made me so nervous so actually yeah. I think I probably would have enjoyed that but you know that's me yeah. being you know me.
1: It was a good job <laughs> you know during maths exams I was shouting out the answers oh well I say what the answers I didn't know if they were right or what but, uh, <laughs> and I think that's why they said maybe you should sit your exams on your own because it's probably not a good idea to be in a hall shouting things out at people when they're trying to do their GCSEs
0: and especially if the answers are right then you know you <laughs> might as well just sit there and all the answers away. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah I think yeah it wasn't a yeah teachers made it pretty clear they wanted me to be on my own so
0: <laughs> so in terms of the ticks um yeah I know you don't have control necessarily when they come but do you have a, a control over kind of what they are or um how how, how do you what am I trying to say do you have any sort of control over kind of what comes out or when they come out? Can, can you kind of stop them almost, yeah. or is it just kind um, of a free-for-all?
1: So you can kind of suppress them – well, I can. I can kind of suppress them for X amount of time. Mm-hmm. I can't um, keep them in. When, you know, If I'm going to tick, eventually I will tick. It's, 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 it's just a fact. Okay. And, yeah, I don't have any control over what I say. I don't have any control over um, – maybe how loud i say it. you know sometimes when i say words my voice goes really high and, and that's just the way they manifest themselves um but as i said i can't suppress them in certain situations for a, a period of time but eventually i have to let them out um I think, I is it
0: quite know. like a if you, sorry to cut you off there it's if right. you don't get them out does it kind of i don't know can you feel it almost inside yeah, right. yeah.
1: It's a feeling. It's like the only way I can really describe it is, that, you know, when you put a glass under a tap and it's filling, it's filling, it's filling, it's filling, and it will fill over time, and eventually it will just overflow. Okay. It's just a feeling I get. It, it intensifies, and then, and then I tick really. So yeah, it's a it's a strange one. I don't. It's the only way I can describe the feeling. But I, I feel it all over. It's weird.
0: Okay, that's really interesting. I could, yeah. I, it, it's just you know just how the body works, and you know, like you said, <clears> it <throat> it probably actually is worse for you maybe suppressing them you yeah. know because you're yeah. kind of holding something in that needs to be out so it, you just yeah. let it out
1: exactly and I tend to suppress them when I'm in, in situations where maybe I don't know many people mm-hmm. so if I'm in a group situation I maybe know one or two and I don't know the rest and they don't know that I have Tourette's and then I have to sort of I, it's a confidence thing I think for me sometimes I go into a situation and, and people don't know who I am or or the situation. The Tourette's and the, and the tics that I have is how do you go into that situation and just act normal?
0: Well, is that, and, and how do you deal with that? Do you kind of go in and just lay it all out or do you kind of wait till your tics get you know, progressively worse?
1: I think for me, if I know someone in the group and they know me and they know I have Tourette's, <clears throat> before I go into that group situation, so whether it be meeting up with some friends of some friends or whatever, I tend to ask the person that I know to let the group know beforehand. Okay. Uh, so then I go in and they go, oh, yeah, okay, that's Tommy's the one that's right. It's fine. No problem. It's not sort of that taboo in the corner, that elephant in the room sort of thing. Like, why is he doing that? What? And the people then having to ask me. It just eases me in a little bit more. And that's why I do yeah. And then if I can't do that, I will. I will. I will try and suppress them a bit. And sort of ease out and and and, and 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 try and talk to people through the through the evening or through the day whenever I'm with them, and sort of let them know what's going on just so they know
0: do you do you really struggle when it comes to kind of approaching that conversation with people because obviously everybody re- reacts so differently. you know some people are, are intrigued by it, some people are a bit curious, some people are just kind of like oh is is he a bit weird? you know people act yeah, so yeah, differently yeah. how do you how do you deal with that?
1: You know, it, it's funny. You know, you think it would get easier over time explaining that you have Tourette's, and in a sense, it has because, because it's more publicly aware you know, through the TV programs, um, all sorts. Um, people now are far more aware aware of it, and actually, it's easier for people to go. Oh, actually, yeah, I think I know what's going on here with this with this guy. He's got, I think he's got ticks, or he's got Tourette's, or whatever. People can pick up on it quite easily now. Um, but it doesn't really get any easier going into social situations. Saying, "Oh, by the way, I have Tourette's," even though you think it would do for some reason. I have this like inner feeling. I don't know what it is. It's just a bit of a, "Oh, how do I explain explain this and 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 get the right reaction from the people I'm explaining it to?" And I always get a bit nervous or a bit sort of unsure what to say or how to say it. Um, but the funny thing is, and the say it's the same every time I do say it. It it just completely eases the atmosphere, and.
0: I- I I guess that's probably true because people can, you know, physically see and hear that there is something, obviously, that the everyday person has. So maybe you just kind of addressing it just almost breaks that elephant in the room, kind of, so to speak.
1: I think that's it. And it's funny because once it's done, it's fine. But I never learn. I, I always seem to have this like real worry about saying to someone that doesn't know that I have Therese you know, telling them all about it and then that's what's going on. It just doesn't seem to get any easier for me. I don't understand why, but I've had it for a long time. You think <laughs> <you> can...
0: <laughs> but I guess it's probably one of those things. And I guess ultimately maybe are you a little bit tired of talking about it? Do you know
1: what? You think I would be, <laughs> but I'm not, I love it. You know, uh, it's, it's something, it's a conversation starter, that's for sure. Yeah. Um And... Yeah. Weirdly, it's something I'm quite proud of. I know. Can I say you should room. be. It's it's who you are. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I don't take credit for it because it wasn't my <laughs> choice. But uh, but I um I am quite proud of who I am, and um, it is unique. It is a slight difference to to the norm, and that's something that I do sort of appreciate. I think.
0: And so you should. Like everybody has their own unique um, you know, quirks and, you know, different personality traits. And like yeah. you said, you absolutely should be proud of who you are. And just like you coming on this podcast and we will briefly touch on the T V show in a moment. Um but yeah. you know, you just being able to sit here and tell your story and raise more awareness because before I kind of got to know you a little bit, the only person that I Oh, I didn't even know him. It's like the only kind of um, information that I had on Tourette's mm-hmm. is, do you remember Pete off, Big, was it Pete off Big Brother? Pete
1: off Big Brother, yeah. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And then
0: since then, I've never kind of heard anything or you know seen yeah. it on TV until, obviously, I was speaking to you and you, you've been on a TV show yourself. Can you just kind of go into that yeah. a little bit more? Yeah. So,
1: I think it was 2016. I was on a program called Employable Me. And it was the, the sort of base of the program, well, the basis of the program was, to show the sort of the world, as it were, the world, world, the world that I um that people with mental health issues, whether it be autism, Asperger's Tourette's, you know, you name it, um, have unique skills and 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 skills that they can offer to an employer and they are perfectly capable of having a job and you know, doing that job to a, a high level. Um, you mm-hmm. know, some people might be more niche in what their job role is. But it's the point. The point was to show the world that, you know, these mental health problems don't stop you from working and working at a good level in whatever the, whatever it is that you do. Uh,
0: I, have, and- I absolutely love that message. You know, there's so many different mental health illnesses out there, you know, yeah. that some of them are, you know, do debilitate people and some of them mm-hmm. um, are only kind of... Um, Yes, obviously they impact people, but it doesn't stop them doing their jobs. And I think that's such a good message that, you know, people with Tourette's, yes, you do have tics, but you can, you are everyday people and you can do jobs just as well as other people.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I'm very, well, I've been very fortunate, I think, that the previous employers that that I've had have been completely accepting. You know, in fact, um, I used to work as a rock climbing instructor about 10 years ago now maybe it must be something like that now um but actually my boss at the time is now my best friend so uh, you know uh, i was very supported by him during my time there um and it just goes to show that actually you know you can go into a situation a work situation with with a mental health condition and still succeed
0: absolutely and in terms of kind of jobs, do you feel like there is um, a discrimination against people with Tourette's, you know, as you've been applying for jobs? I know you've said you've been lucky with the employees that you actually have, but in terms of mm-hmm. getting to those employers and finding them, do you, do you feel yeah. like there is a bit of discrimination?
1: Do you know what? I, I have been very fortunate. As you said, I've not really suffered with it in, great de- in a great deal. Um, but I think, I think that maybe um, what I tend to do if, if I have a job, if I apply for a job, sorry, is uh, I'll fill all the details like the CV, the covering letter, any information they want me to fill out, and then I, I, uh, I deliberately won't mention that I have, you know, Tourette's syndrome until until I am potentially you know, maybe offered an interview, uh, and I won't say it until then because I worry, even though I know some people might, some people might not. I worry that if I put that I've got mental health such as Tourette's, they may just think, oh, maybe maybe that's probably not worth it. And they'll just sort of sift me up. So I won't say it usually until I have a, an interview. Oh, and then I'll, I'll let the employer know. Because I feel like, oh, that if I can get into an interview situation, it gives me the chance to show them who I really am. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you write it on a piece of paper, they don't really know who you are and how it affects you. Or, or and they whatever.
0: also, generally speaking, will you know, imagine the worst. Most most of the time,
1: yeah, well, yeah, that's it, yeah. And 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 the funny thing is that people's people who have Tourette's, their symptoms vary so dramatically. You know, you can be you can be utterly you know some really severe symptoms, or, or very mild symptoms, or right in the middle. And dun, 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 until you give that person a chance to show them who you are and and and, and whatnot, they don't really know. And it's very difficult for. Um, it's very difficult to get in front of an employer and show them who you really are. If you're right, you've got various mental health conditions, I feel.
0: Mm, absolutely. And just kind of, um, it's interesting you. that you're saying that you intentionally kind of leave that off. And I really, and this is me, you know, wanting in the world to be perfect. I really, <laughs> you know, I, I don't think that anyone should have to kind of leave bits about themselves, especially, you know, something who... It almost defines you in a way, you know. Obviously, we we keep bits and pieces to ourselves, but that's something that's so physically obvious about you. Like, and I yeah. find it such a, a shame that you feel like you have to hide that. Just you know, yeah. for the chance of getting a job.
1: I know it's, it's 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 not right. It should be that way, and I think it probably is that way in some, to some extent. And I don't think every employer is like that. Mm-hmm. You know, some people really embrace it. um As I said, you know, the the, the company I work for now. Um, as a tree surgeon, have really embraced it. The staff have really embraced it. It's a really great company to work for. I'm very lucky. I'm very fortunate that the the guys that work there, and my boss, are very understanding and supportive. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, for my you know, my advice is really, if you do get into, you go and show them who you are. Shine. You know, don't maybe don't. Uh, it's easy to say, don't write that you've got a mental health condition on your on your CV or or covering letter or whatever. But that's down to that's down to people's sort of choice Mm. I I don't as I said because I I want the chance to get in, in front of the people that would maybe potentially employ me and show them who I am and show them how it affects me and show them how I deal with it you know it's not just about like for me it's not just about how I tick and what I tick and how severe it is it's how I cope with it um and it's how I manage it so that if I was looking for a job I can say well this is what I would do in this situation to make it work so they get a better understanding of who I am and a better understanding of how it would work in, as a dynamic in a, in a in a working environment.
0: I love that. And just kind of going back to you, how you cope with it? Like how how do you cope with it day to day? Do you, do you struggle with it? I'm guessing you probably have good days and bad days.
1: Yeah, yeah. Some days are good. Some days are bad. Um, you know, it, it all depends on. There's various factors that affect it. Stress and sleep are the big ones. Sleep really is the big one. The less, the less sleep I get, the, usually the worse I am. Um, if I get into a very, very stressful situation, it may not affect me at the time because I may be so focused on what I'm doing because it is so stressful or, or something really matters at that moment, and I'll be so occupied. But as soon as I come out of that situation, I can be very, very ticky. And yeah, you know, I can. I can um, the symptoms kind of intensify. So, yeah.
0: yeah. How have you found it kind of with friendships and, I, I you know, you, you don't have to go into too much detail, but kind of relationships and things like that. I know you're married now to a very lovely, beautiful Emily. And <laughs> how how has she kind of dealt with, you know, that whole situation and, you know, oh, yeah. bringing you home and then introducing you to her friends and family?
1: You know? Yeah. You know, I, I genuinely... I genuinely couldn't ask for more. You know, the support, Aww. the acceptance, the the love, the care. It's just second to none. And it always has been from day one. And you know, our family are exactly the same. They were completely accepting. There was no there was no worry, there was no sort of concern. It was this is Tom. He has threats. Brilliant. Let's get on with it. And it has been. And like that's that. the way it
0: should be. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And I've been very lucky, uh, and she's always pushing me, even when I don't fancy it one day, or you know, she's always pushing me to achieve and achieve and achieve. Because I, you know, I've, I suppose in some respects, kind of, due to the mental health problems I've had, I've had some quite negative uh, outlooks on life. Uh, but she's always, she's always there pushing me, saying, you know, you don't need to think like that. You know, I know you may have thought like that in the past, but oh, how about trying like this in the future? It's always about taking out of my comfort zone, which sometimes I complain about religiously. But
0: I feel like we all do that at some point, though. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's just the confidence thing, you know. And, and actually, she gives me the confidence to do those things. Some days I have to, whatever it is that I have to do that I don't, really don't want to do, she, she gives me the confidence to do it. And once I've done it, I'm like, oh, well, it wasn't really that bad. So it's just a learning curve, really.
0: Mm-hmm. and I think it you know especially it probably really helps just having that person who not only supports you with their family as well but also like you just said pushes you completely out of your comfort zone
1: yeah, I'm very lucky that she um that she does that I'm very lucky that she supports me I'm very lucky that she she's willing to put that effort into me um and sometimes some i said some days i i'm all for it. I you know, I'll go with the flow. And some days I'll push back. But she understands that. And that's great. You know, we have a great dynamic in that situation.
0: And I feel like that's just kind of it. You know, everyone in general, some days we have the days where we're like, yeah, I can, you know, I'm invincible, I can do this. And then other days are like, mm, not so sure yeah. about that.
1: <laughs> yeah, the amount of times I've rang Emily in the morning I can't do this. It's, it's just a nightmare morning. And then she rings me again in the afternoon. I thought I'm like, I might be the best day ever. <laughs> what
0: are you like, talking oh, about? I didn't, I didn't say that. Really, <laughs> yeah, sure.
1: I don't remember any of that so yeah it's just funny how it fluctuates you know your moods
0: it's bizarre yeah you know and you know I can only you know I have my good days and bad days so I can only then imagine adding something like your Tourette's on top of that you know it, it really does add a whole different kind of level of impact to everyday life
1: it's 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 a, it's a tester, that's for sure. You know, like I said, some, days, some days you can get up and you're on top of the wall, and some days it's the other way around. But then by the afternoon, you completely change round. It's 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 really strange. And the track's obviously fluctuate. You know, some weeks are worse than others. So you, know, you might have a bad week one week, and then the next week you may have a good week. And it's just, I sort of like, my philosophy is, I'll wake up and I'll see what's going on. Hmm. If it's bad, we'll deal with it if it's not good if it's not bad and it's it's a good day it's a bonus so i just sort of take each day as it comes really and, and build on that
0: absolutely i love that kind of outlook on life just taking each day um as it is and just seeing what happens do you um kind of have to do anything medically speaking um you know do you have to take medication or go to therapy you know how how do you deal with that kind of as an ongoing issue
1: so the biggest factor that's affected my uh, not recovery I suppose my um, sort of like a- ability to deal with the whole Tourette's and whatever sorry just quickly before you
0: answer that talking about COVID, can you ever recover from Tourette's or is it just a- an ongoing
1: um, that I'm not 100% sure I think a, a long time ago I was told if it, you can grow out of it as, if you have it as a child apparently you may be able to grow out of it how accurate that is I don't know Okay. <laughs> but it doesn't look like I'm going to <laughs> at this rate <but> anyway <laughs>
0: There's still time. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. Hopefully.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, just just going back to my um, initial yeah. question. Um, yeah. How do you kind of deal with that day to day? Do you have to do any medically? Um, yes. any, um, you know, therapy and those kind of things?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I um, I take a various range of medications for various bits and bobs um, for the Tourette's really, primarily for the Tourette's and some the bits that I have. Um, and that was one of the biggest factors that changed my life is finding out that, you know, I had to go through a lot of different medications to work out what was right. But once I found out what was right and what worked for me, it really sort of changed my whole outlook on life because at this point I was able to control the tics a lot more than I would have been able to previously. And the other biggest thing that's really changed my life is sleep. And that might sound daft, going to bed, but actually going to bed at a regular time on, you know, whether it be half nine, ten o'clock, half ten, and getting a good night's sleep has made all the world, made the world a difference because, as I said previously, um, sleep is a big factor in how your threats will be the next day. For me, anyway, it is. I mean, I don't know if that's true for everyone, but for me, if I have a really bad night's sleep or I go to bed really late and I wake up early or if I have a few beers or whatever it is, blah, 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 um, I can be a mess the next day, so it's it's, 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 it's managing your lifestyle really. Oh, medication really helps. It really helps sort of suppress the ticks a lot, um, and helps with it a bit, its day to day, and then just managing your lifestyle alongside that medication um, is really good. So,
0: and I can imagine, um, kind of, if you know that you're not sleeping very well, um, does that probably add more anxiety and then make you okay. worse? Because you're then not only thinking, yeah. oh, I'm going to be worse tomorrow, but then I'm not sleeping as well. So that's kind of, <laughs> yeah. it's like a vicious cycle, isn't it?
1: It's a bit of a snowball effect. You know, you start thinking, oh, you know, I'm not sleeping very well. Then you get anxious because you're not sleeping very well. And then you don't sleep very well. And then you get up and you're ticking the next day. And it just kind of snowballs until the until the point where you end up sleeping well the next couple of days. So it just builds and builds and builds. Um, as I said, some weeks are worse than worse than others. You know, some weeks I get, I, I don't really tick that much. And then some, oh, and then some weeks it's just, non-stop <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, and yeah. I, I guess that's quite frustrating just that not knowing as well especially when you're going into different situations throughout life
1: yeah, yeah absolutely you know and that was the thing going in, you know when I started my current job well, no one knew I had to accept the boss to deploy me and I remember my first day I was I was nervous but probably I'm, I'm very apprehensive um, and it was really bizarre because I I don't know. Once I told everyone, everything was fine. It's, it's the telling everyone that's the hard bit for me, mm. and explaining it. And I think people know if I don't explain it straight away, but people see me tick, you can see them thinking about what's he doing. So it, you know, it's a funny one.
0: Yeah, I, and I think I'm kind of in the, the group of people that I, I would just like you to address it, not because I feel like, yeah. more because I would feel uncomfortable because I, I would want to ask, but not in a way of asking because, like oh, you're different. I just want to make you feel comfortable. Does that make sense? Yeah,
1: it makes complete really sense. And I think once I've told someone or they've asked me about it, and I tell them, they go, ah, right, okay, and it all clicks into place. And they go, right, okay, that, I can see what's going on there. And then, it all, yeah, the tension's completely gone after that. You know, the nerves, the apprehension, whatever, is just completely eradicated. It's like, all oh, right, OK, he's got to it, let's crack on.
0: I feel like it's just that air of curiosity and nosiness that's just disappeared.
1: Yeah. yeah, and obviously people see me tick and don't know what's going on. And I think I appreciate people coming up and saying, are you all right, or what's going on, or have you got Tourette's, or, or whatever they have to say. And I'll say, yeah, I'll, I've got Tourette's. Or, you know, I'll say, yeah, no, that's what's going on with me. And they go, OK, fine, I understand. And then actually it's not as bad as it's, it's almost like it barks worse than it's bite and uh, yeah so the tension just completely sort of dissipates and everyone cracks mm. on and then and also my confidence grows once they know and I just and then I'll just eventually I'll open up and I'll just take like normal
0: and then at that point are you just kind of not bothered whatever comes out comes out
1: <laughs> yeah yeah exactly like with the guys that work at the moment you know um, there's no filter <laughs> you know what I mean
0: and I guess some of them can be quite fun obviously I know before you said you made pigeon noises have you kind of had any fun ones oh, they fun? They... I don't know if that's offensive to say yeah. fun ones
1: <laughs> yeah I mean I've meowed a long time which is a great tick I love that one I don't know why <laughs> but I do I love it it's brilliant and I've had some you know I've had you swearing I've had all sorts and it's funny because they do change over time you know new ones come old ones disappear some resurface for a bit and then you know they chop and change you never know what you're going to say from a day-to-day basis sometimes so it's just whatever happens really
0: i I bet that adds a bit of excitement to your life as well doesn't it just what is going to come out of my mouth (laughs) well
1: it's that sort of like um Tom Hanks scene, isn't it, with a box of chocolates in Forest? In Forest, Company, you, you never know what you're going to get, and it's that's <laughs> it. you kind of wake up in the morning and go, right, what's going to happen today? <laughs> and Which to I know for me good. is
0: that his life, laughing. You know, it sounds brilliant, but I'm sure the reality of it is far from that.
1: Uh, you know, I've I've had it 28 years. I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt with pretty much every situation I think you could think of, and um, you know, I've accepted it. And for me, that was the biggest thing when I was younger that helped me, I think, recover from the sort of mental side of it, the mental games. Um, I think because I was 15, and at 15, obviously, you can think clearly, you can make rational decisions, you can, whatever, you've got a mind. Compared to when you sort of three or four of me diagnosed, I was able to make that decision where I said to myself, I actually now know I can't do anything about this. Right in the sense I can't I can't get rid of it. It's, it, it. I have Tourette's and that's it. So I've either got to get on with it and deal with it, and and sort so seek help and medication or whatever it is that's going to help me get me through this, or I can just let it eat me alive and I'll go into a hole or, or whatever. And I think because I was fifteen, as I said, when I was diagnosed, I was old enough to make that decision. Whereby I said, right, okay, this is it. This is me now, and I have to I have to work with this. Um, and for me, I think it was, even though a lot of people say to me, oh, it was a long time before you were diagnosed. Yeah, that's really unfair. Actually, I'd have preferred to be diagnosed at my age, at 15, than I would have been at five. I think I would have found it easier. But oh, really? Then, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think because I was able to make that decision quite early mm-hmm. on and I had the sort of mental capacity at that age to make that decision and, and understand that decision. It helped me sort of on the
0: road to recovery really. And I guess like you just said, having that mental um, capacity to be able to make those decisions and just say, you know what, it is what it is, you know. I'm sure yeah. if people kind of at your age now got diagnosed, obviously I would have thought they'd have known sooner. But um, it would be a lot easier it might be harder because they're older but it would be a lot easier because they they do have ways that they can deal with it and process kind of their feelings and that doesn't mean that it's an easy ride i'm sure you know now you're accepting of it i'm sure it took you quite some time to get there
1: yeah yeah it took a few years really um i suppose when you've seen image is everything who you hang out with is everything what people think is everything even though actually when you get to my age I'm not really old. Obviously, I'm still 33, but <laughs> even now it's like actually what I was thinking, back then didn't really matter. It does at the time. It's very real, and I think the it's a very difficult time to be diagnosed in that sense, because as I said, image and looks and all that is everything, and then suddenly you've got this condition, and, and people are taking the make or they're not taking the make. It's how do you deal with that? How do you deal with the bullies or whatever? So yeah, it was. Um, an interesting time but as I said I, I think I would have preferred to be diagnosed as I was at 15 rather than being at full of four or five years old
0: I love that and I kind of I just love your whole outlook on kind of life and the way that you have responded to it I think you know as I said earlier you just being able to kind of share your story and you know spread the message that people with Tourette's just they are normal people there's nothing you know there's nothing wrong with you there's no, the only thing that is different is you do have these tics and yeah but outside yeah, yeah, of that like Fishing. you are just a human being who lives a, a daily life like everybody else
1: yeah exactly and, and that's the thing like, oh, 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 and i will continue to try and live my life as much as i can as a normal human being and just get on with it and merry christmas and, and um, <laughs> you know not battle on but plow on you know mm. and I, I, i'll do my best to do as well as i can at work as well as i can at my home life as well as I can in my sort of circle of friends and I'm very lucky, I've got a very supportive family around me, my family have been absolutely unbelievable um, I know it isn't the case for everyone but I, I, I've been very very lucky very very fortunate so
0: That's amazing to hear. Um, And just kind of quickly before I let you go, what's one piece of advice you would give to kind of people who may be listening who are suffering with Tourette's and then also a piece of advice for people who don't have Tourette's that maybe you wish that kind of they knew maybe how to approach you and, you know, how to deal with you day to day.
1: Um, So for me, for people who have Tourette's, maybe are struggling with it or they're not sure what the next step is or what they need to do to sort of help, themselves live with it is first of all i'd I'd use the medical help that you've got you know seek out advice support care medication as i said was the biggest thing that really sort of changed my life it it helped me suppress the ticks a lot it helped me um come to terms with what was going on by going to see the psychiatrist the psychologist and saying
0: look this is what's going
1: on with me i don't understand why i don't know why it's making me feel like this and they you know they go Aah. they put it all out on paper and they say right this is what's going on this is why you feel the way you do And you know the fact that i went and sought that medical help that medical help made such a big difference in my life um, the other one is managing your life you
0: know,
1: when you you know when you're ready to obviously it takes some time um, you know going to sleep on time managing your life like that you know getting up at a reasonable time um, and eating well um, you know just managing your life it doesn't have to be around the Tourettes it's just managing your life in a way that gives you the best chance of sort of dealing with it and managing it
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, all, and as I said, when I, you know, the, the medical staff I was that I've seen have been very, very good. They they sort of got me down, they, they got me down to a T. They said, This is what's going on. You need to do this to sort it. We'll put you on this medication for this reason. And you sort of work with that. And um, yeah, that would be my advice to people who have to and are not sure what to do. Use the medical advice. That's what they're there for, they're, that's what they're trained in. um you know, and that's why that's why I went and and and, and sought medical help because I knew they they' there to help me at the end of the day,
0: absolutely and sorry, just quickly kind of just holding on the medical um side of the moment yeah. just like a therapist, like if you go to somebody and you don't um kind of connect well with them, would you advise somebody to move on? you know don't just take it you know one person is the only person that can help
1: oh yeah, I mean I went and saw I've seen probably five or six different doctors I can tell things and whatnot and only now recently in the last five or six years have I found well maybe a bit longer than that but found the right person to speak to you know and I think it's a you've got to have a rapport with the medical professional I think in this situation because mental health is so um, important and so, um, and there's a stigma about it, and there's a you know, you have your own feeling, it's very difficult to do. Maple has a, a silent battle at the end of the day, you need someone who can sort of really understand where you're coming from, and vice versa. And it was well, if you don't get that from the doctor you're with. I mean, I remember there was one doctor I saw when I probably between the ages of 10 and 14, and I just didn't get on with the guy. and I, I, I said it for a while, I didn't get on with him at all. It wasn't, anything you know, it wasn't a bad guy yeah his, his idea of what needs to happen his idea of what was going on didn't match my sort of feelings okay so I moved on and met someone uh met a doctor and from then on he sort of I laid my life out to him in 45 minutes and he said this is what's going on this is what you need to do and he just got me down to a tea in in, in an hour and wow. from then on I just sort of stuck with him because it worked and yeah if you don't have a rapport or this doctor isn't working for you Um, whether you be a parent of a child with Tourette's or whether you be an adult with Tourette's trying to find it just take a chance and go try someone else go and seek someone who maybe fits the bill a little bit more and see what happens.
0: I love that Um, and just kind of the second part of that question anyone who doesn't have Tourette's what kind of advice would you um, or something that you want them to kind of understand a bit better?
1: So I mean we're very lucky nowadays that Tourette's is obviously much more publicly aware you know people know more about it and you know, people just to be. For me, it's about patience. It's about understanding. It's about you know. If you want, I'm very. I'm. I suppose, in a way, I'm very open about it because I've had it for so long. I've been in a lot of situations where it may be uncomfortable, maybe better. Um, so I'm quite open to speak to anybody about it. Doesn't matter who they are. But I think if you see someone who's clearly struggling, or you think they have ticks, it's the same as anything. You know don't stare at them don't put them under any pressure don't don't create any anxiety around the situation ah, just be patient you know? and if, if and if they feel like if you feel like asking someone what's going on don't be afraid because most people or most of the people that i know that have had it have been very open about it and said yeah I, I have Tourette's and that's that's what's going on and actually for me if someone does say what's going on i say i'm sorry i'm really sorry i, I have Tourette's that's what's going on And they go ah okay no worries and it completely diffuses the situation for both mm. parties. It's not just the person who, who's wondering what's going on, and or the person who has threats themselves. For me, if someone asks me what's going on, I tell them, they go, ah, right, yeah, okay, makes sense. And then actually the situation goes away.
0: Yeah, I think that's great. And, you know, I'm if you've kind of been listening to my podcast for a while um people know that i'm all about asking questions so i would definitely be that person to ask questions but as i mentioned before i, I wouldn't want to do it in a way that would make you kind of uncomfortable so it's nice to hear you saying most people are quite open to talk about it. and especially yeah. you know in terms of kind of mental health issues this still is a an issue that really doesn't get talked about enough as it should um so yeah. it's probably nice quite nice for you you to be able to kind of spread a bit more awareness about it
1: yeah I you Know as you said just then, that it, mental health is one of those things that doesn't get talked about as much as it should do, and um, there's that sort of stigma about it. But you know what? The best thing I ever did was talk to someone. And it's easy to say, oh, you should just go and talk to someone because I know everyone's situation is very different it, and everyone's, everyone suffers in different ways with different things, uh, different levels, and different severities. And I get that, and I'm not saying just go and speak to someone because it's not that simple. I know, but. If you can and you feel you want to, just opening up is—it's incredible. It really, the whiteness lifts off your shoulders, and actually, that old saying of a problem share is a problem hard is so true. And the amount of times I've—I've I've ever said, my partner Emily has said to me, "What's going on? I'm like, Nothing, nothing's going on. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine." And then a week later, I just. Out all
0: this stuff in it. it all
1: comes out it all comes out and then I go oh. she, and she, she'll, she'll say you need to do this this needs to happen we'll do that there this there and I go actually yeah that's fine brilliant no problem that's, you know I feel a lot better mm. and if you know if you find it difficult to speak to someone just try and at your own pace work up to it work out what you want to say when you feel like you're in a situation where maybe it's the right time seize the opportunity because there's never you're never ready mm-hmm. I'll be ready in two weeks that for me that didn't happen it was it was a case of I have to I know I have to meet someone and I'll just pick the right situation that feels the most comfortable at the time so yeah
0: I love that I love the fact that you're kind of telling people to do it in their own timings and not because they feel like they have to and I think that's something that's really important that kind of needs think- to more
1: yeah, I think you have to sort of respect yourself in the sense that sometimes it's easier to talk about something than others, or it may take someone longer to to open up than someone else. And that's just mental health, really. You know, that's part of who they are. And, you know, but the, as I said, if you can and you want to speak to someone, it's so good because there's so much support out there. And, oh, the chances are, you're, you know, a lot of the time I think I'm the only one thinking like this, I'm the only one who's going through this, I'm the only one who feels like this. And actually, I think mental health does it affects one in four people in the UK or something like that. I'm not something
0: sure. like that, yeah. Oh,
1: so the chances are, one or two of your friends are probably going through the same thing. Maybe a family member is going through a similar thing, or whatever. You know, a professional in your working environment is going through the same thing. So you're not the only one. You know, and yeah, it's just don't feel alone. You know, share, share share, share what's going on with you, and, and, and uh, you know, it makes you feel a lot better.
0: I love that. I love that message. And on that note, we're going to end because I think that is the perfect ending. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on today. And I hope that I have yeah. made you feel comfortable and that I haven't made you no, feel uncomfortable with any of my questions.
1: No, it's been a pleasure. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you very much.
0: Oh, good. Um, yeah, if anybody um, would like to, are you comfortable with me sharing my yeah. Instagram? People want to ask questions. Are you comfortable with me sharing your Instagram if people want to ask you any questions? Yeah, that's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Okay, so I will um, share Tom's Instagram in the description down below. Um, so if you have any questions or just kind of want to go see what he's about and um, obviously mention the show that he was on, you know, please go check him out. He's very friendly, as you can tell. And yeah, just thank you so much for coming on and, and just sharing your story. No,
1: thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure.
0: Oh, and i will speak to you uh very soon
1: cool take care
0: you too bye.
1: Bye, bye. bye. bye
0: thank you for listening to opening up with rachel smith i hope to see you back for future episodes so we can all continue growing and figuring this thing called life out